Hi, and welcome to Rink Rookie, a girl's guide to the NHL. I'm your co-host, Ashley. And I'm your other co-host, Ariel, and welcome to our podcast. All right, Ariel, tell me all about your first NHL game. Oh my god, it was really fun, actually. (laughs) My dad, because he got us like last minute vet ticks. So that's like a, a cool thing for veterans. Like you can get like free tickets and stuff. You just have to like pay the difference with the the fees. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So he's like, I'd rather just pay fees. But yeah, anyway. So he asked me if I wanted to go. I was like, hell yes. So we went and this was our first game. And he was unsure if like the Coyotes even had fans. That's fair. And I can definitely, <laughs> I could confidently say that Arizona do have fans and they actually really enjoy hockey out here so that was really cool to see that's awesome considering like all the shit they're going through as like a team where you are yeah like it's just unfortunate that they don't have like a home but there is definitely like a big following I think it's just pricing is that that's the issue yeah those tickets are wild how much did you guys end up paying like in fees do you know um he normally doesn't tell me but I think it was like only (laughs) I think for both of us, because, well, he gets, my dad likes to get four tickets, like, if he's able to get, because you can get, like, max four tickets, because he doesn't like people, like, next to him. That's very, like, (laughs) veteran. (laughs) Um, That's just, like, his preference. He's like, I don't like people sitting next to me. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So we get four, and then we sit in the middle. And thank God, because the seats were so tiny, and everyone was, like, super squished. And, like, granted, we're short people, so, like, it wasn't that big of an issue, but we were, like, looking around. He, He looked at me. He's like, aren't you glad you have space <laughs> yes <sighs> yes i guess so I feel like everyone would try and buy four tickets if they could like afford because no one wants to sit next to anybody i know i think i i made a i did the blog post rating the uh tucson arena oh, yeah. and uh even i i think i said something about that i was like you know four tickets would definitely be ideal for this place but in this economy god good luck but i think he only paid like maybe like 14 dollars for all four and each ticket where we sat anyway, I think was, it was like estimating between like four forty five to like 60. Okay. Which again, terrible. in that, it's not terrible, but also in the, as tiny as a place of it, as it was, I'm like, okay guys. Cause I looked up how much your guys's were at Anaheim. Yeah. It's funny. Cause where me and my two roommates were going to the Anaheim Ducks home opener against the Carolina Hurricanes on Sunday. And I got an email from the Anaheim Ducks and they're like, hey, just so you know, we put out like super cheap tickets. Use this link. And so I didn't. They were $22. I think they came out to it was $89 for three tickets and that's with fees. So, yeah, I'm really excited to go. But that we only went really because it was so cheap. I would love to see Arizona do that. I want a last minute. I'll buy a last minute. I wonder if there's like a newsletter or something you can sign up to do. I'm looking. I don't know if I'm just like dumb and I can't figure out their websites or what but i'm trying to figure out if there's a way to get like updates on that i think i only got the email for the cheaper tickets because i bought tickets to see them before like the a couple weeks before so i don't know Ooh. if i just like got automatically on that email list they're like hey you've bought tickets here's buy some more <laughs> keep coming yeah i also ran into um when i was leaving well i kind of saw him on the way to the bathroom and then when i was leaving the bathroom um <laughs> the, the gm for for the coyotes how did you uh, know what he looked like 
Okay, so, I mean, obviously we follow all the teams. So yeah. I saw, like, I've seen his picture up a lot. And I guess they had just re-signed him as a GM because he's basically the one that's doing all, like, the... He's starting from scratch with yeah. that team. And he's been in for, like, two years now and they just extended his contract. So I had just seen his photo pretty recently. And so then I went to the bathroom and I was like, oh, my God, is that who I think it is? And then I came out and then like I kind of like walked around and I went on my phone to confirm and I was like, okay, it is who I think it is. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of scouted the area and like people were just like walking past and he was like just talking with like a group of other, they look like important people. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I like I waltzed on over and like I tapped him like a little child and I was like, hello. <laughs> well, he's 6'5". Yeah. And I'm only five feet. And I was just like, and then he like stood to his full height when I walked over and I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, but he was very nice. I told him, like I introduced myself and um, told him that, you know, I started a podcast with one of my best friends and we're like learning hockey and we're new to this like hockey world. And he thought that was like super cool and, you know, wished us luck on this journey for us. And Aww. that, you know, hoped I enjoyed the game and kept coming back. And I was like, yeah, I definitely will be. It was super cool. Super, He was super nice. I love that. That's so cool. How was your uh, market? It was really good, actually. It was hot as fuck. It was like 95 degrees. And we were outside under like solar panel parking structure thing. I don't mm -hmm. know. It was shaded for a little bit and then it wasn't. It was really hot. But I got to see some of my old coworkers, which was really nice. And one of them, my office mate, Maria, actually told me she's been listening to the pod and really likes it and finds it interesting. So that was really cool. Oh, yay. And then... My roommate made some money off her books and we had Chick-fil-A after. It was a good day. No complaints. Love that. Yeah. And that's really all I did. All right. So just to give you guys an episode summary of what we're going to chat about after we go through the news, we're going to go through some weird traditions that Ariel has found and seen that we thought were pretty fun. And then my roommate, Terry, actually asked me how an NHL team becomes an NHL team. And I found that pretty interesting of a question. And then I think this is maybe the last episode we'll do that's just kind of learning because uh, the actual season starts very, very soon. So very exciting. Uh, how many days? I don't really remember. I should have actually looked that up. Until the season starts? Yeah. I Doesn't it technically start tomorrow for some? Because I think there's, if is I it... saw it correctly, four games. It is, it, is, it is tomorrow. I knew that. I saw a TikTok about it today and someone was like, uh, it was one of those sliding ones where it's like, are you busy October 10th? And then the next slide is like, no. And then the next one is like, all these games are playing. I, know, I think the Kraken's playing the Golden Knights. Yeah. That's the only one I really care about. The Blackhawks are playing the Penguins. That one I even I know oh, about yeah. because of the whole yeah <laughs> rookie mm -hmm. versus bet thing that they got promoting that. I'm excited to see Crosby with Bedard. I think that's that's what I look forward to with that game. <laughs> yeah, I have to look up the other teams, but it's gonna be a busy week. All right, start us off, Ariel. Let's get into it. All right, so last week we were thrown through a loop and. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks finally uh, locked up star forward Trevor Zegers. So they, the team announced on Monday that they resigned Zegers to a three-year contract. And Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet reported that the contract was worth $5.75 million per season. Good for him. And then also, Jamie Drysdale signed a three-year contract with Anaheim Ducks on Thursday. Financial terms were um, not disclosed. 20-year-old 
A defenseman was a restricted free agent and had yet to join his teammates during training camp, but he was back on the ice with them on Friday. Drysdale said, it's definitely good that it's behind me. It was a pretty weird situation, but I'm just happy to be back with the guys. And the team welcomed me with open arms and I couldn't be happier to be back. Drysdale had no points in eight games with Anaheim last season before having season-ending surgery for a torn labrum. Labrum? Yeah. Sustained at the Vegas Golden Knights on October 28th. Ooh, yeah. So I know he was out for a while. I'm curious about how much money he's getting, I guess, just because he has nothing to really back it up. I heard a rumor that it was three. That's crazy that Trevor's only getting two more and he actually, like, played. I yeah. Don't know. I don't I don't know how the logistics of that works, but, I mean, good for him that he has a job. <laughs> Congrats. And also seeing him and uh trevor in action uh, on saturday was kind of cool i was like giving my dad all the details on them i was just like okay so here's all this <laughs> you mean he wasn't eavesdropping on those girls that were in front of you too <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly no well because uh, he the, the girls like they were knowledgeable about some of the players and he's just like who are they talking about <laughs> I was like, okay so here's the deal <laughs> here's the drama that's happening here's the drama my roommates knew all about the drama it's like did that guy get signed yet and i'm just like yeah he did (laughs) finally he can celebrate all right what else do we have here so something really cool was announced that espn does nfl red zone where they show like a bunch of games one night and kind of give you the highlights of each game as it goes so they're going to do an nhl version it's called frozen frenzy it's going to premiere october 24th when all 32 teams play on the same night uh they said they worked all summer long to figure this out with their programming team and with the league so at some point during the night there will be upwards of 11 games going on and they'll be there to cover it all during the studio bouncing around and you'll see every goal every power play every hit they're just gonna bounce around and they're calling it frozen frenzy so it's gonna be on espn2 while normal espn features a triple header including the maple leafs capitals bruins blackhawks and flyers golden knights games with normal game coverage whoa that's crazy i didn't know that was a thing me neither i don't watch football yeah i don't i well i like college football and i saw my team won this last weekend but that's only because everyone posted about it wait who's your team uh the oklahoma sooners they were played uh texas and that's like a big rivalry so it was really cool that we won i guess lana del rey was there for some reason i don't know (laughs) she was in some pictures they posted she is always doing side quests yeah i i feel like she's like good luck what else is going on in here oh ryan hartman signed a three-year 12 million dollar contract with the medicinal wild on saturday so an average annual salary of four million wow that's a lot I didn't, there was something I meant to put on here. There were two Jets players that signed identical seven-year contracts. I don't know how to pronounce their names. I just clicked on the news. Oh, I know who, uh, what you're talking about. I saw that news too. There's Eiffel? so much news. Hell, I, I'm totally butchering these names, but they each signed seven-year $59.5 million contracts with the Jets. And they're going to begin next season. Uh, it's an annual average of $8.5 million. They'd been unrestricted free agents after this season. So who else? Who did you say signed? Hartman? Yeah. And he's with the Wild. Mm-hmm. Why is this all happening so late? No. Like, is that normal? I guess we'll find out next year when we are continuing to do this. But I just like want to know if that's normal. Like to continue to sign people so late. I don't know. That's Yeah, that's not fun. Like is that like what they're like? If you don't have a team to play and then it's just 
and then what if no one finds you back so it's just like cool is there ways to prevent i don't know i know i know we both follow that one hockey wife where her i think husband's a free agent and he doesn't have a team yeah. yet like that's what- so stressful <laughs> How is what is that like? I feel like she's the person to ask this question. I think we've said this before. We definitely want to get some maybe hockey wise if they would be down for it or people who work in the industry to come on and kind of just like give us an inside look because I feel like we have so many questions that just like don't have answers. Yeah, I've yeah, I've even kind of some recap questions because again, being at the game the other day, I was like, um, I know what's happening, but there were certain things I'm like, I I'm a little lost. But I could see everyone's cheering or booing, and I'm just going to go along with it. I want to know how, like, I guess how many people in arenas or whatever that go to these games, how how much of them actually know what's going on. Or they're just like, I know the puck needs to go in the net, and then I know there's, like, fights that happen. And that's all I need to know. <laughs> that's just simple general knowledge. I mean, that's definitely how I went into it when I went and saw my first game a couple years ago. It's just like, oh, well, I know the basics mm-hmm. of net, puck, fight <laughs> that's it <laughs> what other news do we have uh the new jersey devils finished their preseason undefeated with their seventh straight win 3-0 and against the islanders at ubs arena in new york on friday that's, that's right so cool they were i feel like out of the entire preseason them and i'm i don't want to say what the other team is because i'm not like a huge fan of them <laughs> but <laughs> new jersey and then another unset team that i'm not going to say were actually my most favorite to watch i don't know who you're talking about unset team oh, i hate yeah. that the, i hate that the games that they've been playing have actually been interesting and like super fast paced uh, <laughs> i'm just going to put the team out and then if they can figure out who it is by what you're saying, then that's on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they can figure it out, good for them. But if they... Also, I want to ask, this is going in. So okay. my question for you is, who is going to win the Stanley Cup? Before we get into the regular season, with what knowledge we have and what we've seen, who do you think is going to take the cup? Um, I think I'm probably going to say... Oh, God, that's really hard. You've looked at like lists and things and... Yeah. So I've gotten a feel for it. What did I send you? So if you Google who's going to win the 2024 Stanley Cup, it says the Colorado Avalanche. Well, right now I would say it's between the Avalanche and the Oilers. Okay. Is where my brain just wants to go right now with my limited knowledge. I mean, that's still, it's enough and just knowledge a, to like have looked. And just observing how they've been playing in preseason and like how they're, but I also don't, I really don't want to count out the Devils. Yeah. I was really impressed with how they're just setting up like their team and like the relationship. And I'm like, I just think it's really cool. It also could be uh, the Carolina Hurricanes is also a fave to win according to Google. Did you see the Vegas night rings or whatever? I did. I liked. I think I saw the video and I was confused about what the heck I was watching for a second. And then I was like, oh my God, these are the rings. It's a lot. And I don't know what I expected. And I I, maybe it's just because I don't like them. I'm just like, this is ugly. I think it's the shape. I'm not used to like that round shape for like a, I guess a championship kind of ring. I'm not a fan of the round, but it is kind of cool. All right. Let's get into this episode. So to answer my roommate Terry's question, how does the city get an NHL team? Start us out, Ariel. All right. So step one, have an arena. Two, have a willing and able owner or ownership group. 
so rich people. And then <laughs> three, have an available team either through relocation or expansion. Um, and it pretty much needs to happen in that order. The right ownership group can influence all of it. ATL to Winnipeg had all three. And then PHO to Winnipeg had the first two. So I pulled this off a website called NHL to Seattle because Seattle Kraken are the newest group and they are an expansion team. So that's just kind of where all of this information is going to come from. I couldn't really find much when I googled how to get an NHL team to your city. It was just like, oh, these places are prospects. I'm just like, but why? I need the why. And so that's kind of where all this information we're going to go over is from, is kind of basing it off Seattle. So Seattle is the 14th largest metropolitan area in the states by population. Only Houston and now Atlanta are the bigger cities without NHL teams. Minneapolis, St. Louis, Tampa, Pitt, Denver, Columbus, Nashville, Buffalo, Raleigh all have NHL teams in smaller cities. My thought is an NHL team in Seattle would be very similar to St. Louis and Denver. So Minnesota, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh are hockey towns and not really comparable. Nashville and Raleigh are great showcases that an NHL team can thrive in non-traditional hockey market with a strong ownership group. Jury is still out for Columbus and Tampa Bay. I don't know why they said that, but now I want to look it up. But um, so Seattle is just a very appealing from a corporate sponsorship perspective since so many companies have headquarters there. Obviously, Amazon is the biggest one. So that's going to make it more appealing to sustainable businesses for ownership groups. See, I she asked me this question and I tried to answer her without looking anything up. And it was kind of just knowledge that I had soaked up within the last like five to six months. And it was just kind of like, you have to have like people in the area who are wanting it. So like, say you have a group like Amazon goes to the city the mayor whatever and he's like hey I think we could support a hockey team and then you have to find like hey he's like hey that's great but maybe find some other really good businesses that also support the hockey team that we would like like to have and then they all kind of vote on it Mm -hmm. and then they go bring that to the NHL and they're like hey we'd love to have a hockey team here and NHL's like cool who's supporting it and then you show them hey all these people are and then I guess it's kind of like what I found. So like, hang on, let me see if you have it written in here or not. (laughs) This is interesting. NHL fans tend to be higher educated and wealthier compared to other professional sports. Is that, I don't know if that's true. Um, I can speak for myself and say that is not the case. (laughs) I'm new here. (laughs) I mean, as someone who grew up in the, Oklahoma is considered either the Midwest or the South, but football is, feels like that like podunk pick sport that like anybody supports it like I don't think my dad would have known any hockey teams because it's just not like I guess as accessible or as around as much as something like football or baseball is Mm -hmm. I guess I could see that yeah well because I mean I'm from California and then I think I was surprised when I moved here that there was even a hockey team but that's just because I'm in the desert now so I just didn't I wasn't aware but apparently there's so many like ice skating rinks here and like hockey development programs and I guess the ASU hockey is like very popular too here so there is there are players and like they are developing them here but I'm not sure I know there's that constant argument here like should they even be here anymore or what i feel like this isn't really something that anybody really knows unless i'm just maybe looking in the wrongs but just i don't know i guess have the money and the means to back it up is how you get an nhl team well okay yeah that makes sense because my question is too like 
what exactly because like i've heard that seattle is an expansion team an expansion of what so an expansion team is a new team in the sports league usually from a city that has not hosted a team in that league before formed with the intention of satisfying the demand for a local team from a population in a new area so maybe we can get more in depth with this at another time so with that both of us are going to be doing some serious because i'm like is that the same thing as like the would this not be considered the same for like expansion teams would they be on almost on like a different level than um like a regular like trade season i guess so i i i want to say yes but i could be completely wrong yeah this is kind of like it feels like super niche yeah and like it runs like deep into the history of like hockey maybe i could i could see that i guess maybe there's just not a ton of new like information on it because there's it doesn't happen that often maybe reminder disclaimer we're new here yeah i i just found that seattle thing and a lot of it was speculation oh okay interesting they're like from my research i found this happened so you're like okay that's great but what are the facts (laughs) (laughs) which are just the three things that you listed off for you know the having an arena ownership group and then relocation or expansion so. Which now makes me think, um, I, I'm surprised. I should have looked this up because I knew we were going to be talking about this. When and where was Arizona's arena? Like, what happened? Yeah, how did they get to become a team with the no arena? How how are they homeless? I want to say I've seen something about them being told there was going to be an arena built really soon. Mm-hmm. And then it never happened. So they relocated from Canada to Phoenix. I remember we talked about that. Mm-hmm. they're already trying to move them it's such a weird argument here like so many people i don't want to say so many people like like a good chunk of people want them to move i don't understand why um and then well i do understand why and then and another chunk just desperately want them to say like please give them a chance with like maybe build them an arena but of course like the places like you want to build that they've been arguing to like build an arena is like in the most congested area like that's a bad idea like it's already super congested out there move it a little further out so we'll see and I think that owner just bought land, so we'll see how that goes. I'm so I wonder at what point are you just like you haven't given them a home in the however many years you've had them, we're just gonna relocate them. It looks like they've had a couple of different places. I'm not I'm confused. Like, did they ever actually have like a home that was their own? Because they were at okay, when they came here in nineteen ninety-six, they shared an arena which with the phoenix suns when they were the phoenix coyotes at which is now footprint center and then a while later they ended up okay so they did try to build an arena and complex in 2001 in scottsdale couldn't reach an agreement so they got moved to glendale and that wasn't working out and then the glendale arena is like multi-purpose too so like that's not even like an actual home for them i'm like so how was it approved to even have them here if they don't even have like a home they never even actually had a full home step one be rich yeah buy a team so we're gonna go over the top 15 fun and bizarre traditions in the nhl according to campussports.net because that's where i pulled this list from do you want to start us off ariel okay Established in 1917, the National Hockey League has expanded and evolved to become one of the most popular professional sporting events in the nation, known as one of the toughest and most brutal contact sports. The world of hockey is not only one gripped by boisterous fans and modern ice rink gladiators, but also one brimming with traditions. What's more is that these customs are anything but conventional. So here are 15 of some of the most fun and bizarre traditions in the NHL. Ashley's 
least favorite, the hat trick. Uh, one of many examples of the mainstream hockey tradition is chucking various items onto the ice. Uh, while the hat trick is not strictly limited to hockey, NHL fans have turned it into a phenomenon of their own. After a single player scores three goals, fans celebrate by tossing hats onto the ice. While the origins of the tradition are uncertain, many suspect that it is stemmed from the players themselves acquiring free hats. I don't think I've seen a hat trick happen. I want to see hats thrown on the ice. I have. I didn't see hat uh, hats thrown on the ice. I wonder if it, it was preseason though, right? Yeah. So it does not. Do you think does that make a difference? Like preseason versus that. regular season? Maybe. I guess we'll have to keep an eye out. I maybe we'll, we'll see what happens to the hat after they've been thrown on the ice if they're in the middle of a game. Oh, I know. Like who has to go pick those? Up? Well, I'm sure. I mean, and that's a dumb question. Like the people that clean up the ice probably have to pick up the hats but like yeah where do they go do they get trash donated there was a band there was there is a band all time low and people used to throw their bras on stage jack would hold his it, he would put the bras on his like mic stand and i think eventually after some time it continued to happen they eventually donated them to like breast oh, cancer people yes yes i have heard of that like who do you donate hats to i guess just like goodwill or something <laughs> salvation army like where does it go next up we've got the rat trick. So in October of 1995, Scott Mellenby of the Florida Panthers killed a rat in the team's locker room and then proceeded to score two goals that same game. When fans learned about the locker room fiasco, they celebrated goals ensuing games by bestrewing the ice with toy rats. The tradition persisted during the Panthers 1996 playoff run, but died quickly after a ban was issued against throwing the plastic rodents on the ice. Deemed the rat trick, the Panthers' 1996 playoff run forever lives on as the year of the rat. <laughs> I, uh, during the playoffs this past season, I kept seeing every time they would win, rats would get thrown onto the ice. And I was like, where did that come from? I was so confused. And I think even one of the playoff games, I think it might have been the TNT coverage. They had uh, rats paint custom painted with like... Uh, Florida Panther jerseys on them. It was interesting. That's so cute. <laughs> that's what I thought. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But yeah, so I don't know. Like for them, I'm like, is that like every time they win a game or is it just now just for like if they make it to the playoffs thing for them? I feel like at that point, it should just be something special. So like playoffs only. And then where do the rats go? <laughs> Anything thrown on the ice. And then where does it go? You have to be up at the top to get anything on the ice because there's the net and then the boards and the mm -hmm. glass so like how are these things getting over people got know. arms <laughs> three the legend of the octopus one of the most infamous moments in nhl history took place in 1952 when brothers pete and jerry kuisamo we're gonna go with that threw an octopus onto the ice at olympia stadium in celebration of the detroit red rings making the playoffs the eight tentacles represented the eight wins needed to qualify in that same year the red wings went on to win the stanley cup over the montreal canadians and since then the octopus has become quintessential symbol of good fortune in detroit i didn't know that the red wings mascot is an octopus neither did i I have been having a very casual debate over mascots with my roommate Mav and how she's upset that the Kraken mascot isn't a Kraken. It's Bowie. And I would try to explain that he's a Seattle legend because of the troll under the that they have in Seattle. But I don't know. I looked it up uh -huh. and then it was an octopus for the Red Wings. That is interesting. 
I don't, I don't. I don't understand mascots in general. Yeah, I, I mean, don't. they could I mean. be they could be fun and funny, but like, I just, I <laughs> like genuinely, I just do not understand like the the like point. Mascots. The point, not just that. Like, I mean, I, I guess because like they could be there to kind of like hype hype people up and like it be fun for like kids. Like, yeah, sure. But like the way they're the way they're chosen, like yeah, like why an octopus for the Red Wing? No, does every every team has a mascot, right? Yeah, everyone but the New York Rangers. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Again, I know. Um. Oh my God, what's the one? for uh is it philly oh gritty yeah i was like i don't want to say it wrong <laughs> he's a national treasure he's terrifying but good for him and then the seattle kraken mascot buoy have like done videos because they're both kind of just like weird monster looking things love that for them yeah <laughs> so next up number four we've got Christmas teddy bears. Christmas cheer is certainly not reserved outside of the ice rink. While more common in the minor league, dedicated hockey fans will throw teddy bears onto the ice after the home team scores a goal. Oftentimes, the plush bears are later donated to children's charities. We know what happens to them after. <laughs> like, we're just throwing everything onto the ice, I guess. Uh, at least that one has a cute little destination after they land. That is true. I it has a place. They're going to like a good cause, so to speak. We've got fish, snakes, and sharks. To conclude a diverse range of oddities that have littered hockey rinks across the league, there have also been other instances of fans throwing catfish, rubber rattlesnakes, and even leopard sharks. What the hell? Are they throwing the sharks onto the brink for the San Jose Sharks? Good question. Probably. I have to look this up now. Yeah, it was the Sharks. It was game two of the San Jose Sharks Western Conference semifinal series against the Detroit Red Wings. Featured one of the most peculiar hockey celebrations in years. A shark with an octopus stitched in its mouth thrown on the ice after a first period goal in what was a 4-3 Sharks victory. It was in 2007. Was it wasn't real, was it? Uh, yeah, it was. Oh, okay. So, number six, we've got coined by the Vancouver Canucks in 1982. The term towel power refers to the waving of rally towels by fans in support of the home team. The tradition originated when head coach Roger Nielsen waved a white towel over a hockey stick as a symbol of mock surrender during the conference finals against the Chicago Blackhawks after Nielsen was unhappy with the officiating. In the immediate aftermath of the stunt, Nielsen was ejected from the game and fined $1,000. Today, however, the tradition lives on in the form of fans pumping up their team. In 2011, a statue was erected of Nielsen waving a towel outside of Rogers Arena in Vancouver. That feels innocent. I feel like the towel waving is fun. That's a fun thing. I feel like all teams could do that. Yeah, I think... But for them, that feels special. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they put a statue. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Clearly, they liked it enough. That's fun. Ooh, the next one's fun. Number seven, a day with the cup. After an NHL team has accomplished the ultimate goal of winning the Stanley Cup, each player is awarded the opportunity to spend the day with the Revere Trophy. Means of celebration vary widely. While some players opt to display the trophy in their hometown, others choose to use it as a kitchen utensil, such as Los Angeles Kings captain Dustin Brown. Following the Kings championship victory in 2012, Brown used the Stanley Cup to serve chocolate milk to his two sons. That's fun. I've seen so many things go into that cup. Oh, yeah. So many things. I wouldn't want to eat from it. I've seen like cereal, beer. I'm trying to think of other things. (laughs) Pasta. Animals. Yeah. Babies. (laughs) I know there's like a there's keepers of the cup and there's like a they have like certain cleaning rituals that involve 
it when they take it around. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool too that like each player like gets that moment because don't they when they win like it get, they get to skate around with it, right? I think so. At least one time, and then getting to spend a day with it—that sounds fun. That cup has done more traveling uh, in its lifetime than I think I ever will. Yeah, I think most than most people, honestly. <laughs> it's. I think it's whole life is traveling. Good for the cup. I wonder if it's heavy. I wondered that too. I think I read somewhere. I think it's only like 20, 30 pounds. Oh, well, that's not bad. I was going to say like 50. That's what I was thinking. But even then, like for all the athletes, it's like nothing to them. True. She's 34.5 pounds. Ooh. And it's 35 inches tall and made of silver and nickel alloy. It's only worth $23,000. <laughs> <laughs> and treated like a queen yeah apparently it's the most valuable trophy in american sports though oh that's cool okay this mm. next one is one of my favorites that i found i'm out here about. for this if you know you know playoff beards so in hockey no shave november exists as a playoff tradition that started in 1980 the rules are simple when a team qualifies for the stanley cup playoffs players can't shave their beards until they are either eliminated or proclaimed champions the tradition has become so central to the league that the nhl has even encouraged fans to grow beards in an effort to raise money for charity now me as a connoisseur of men with facial hair i'm here for this 10 out of 10 we love it i was i was kind of happy to see i think even when uh vegas won i saw some people like so excited about like certain players beards and whatnot and then some guys like immediately shaved it and some people were like no bring it back and i kind of feel that sentiment i feel <sighs> like men just look better with a beard yeah a lot of the hockey players look really good with beards so we have the three stars originating in 1937 the nhl adopted the tradition of awarding three stars to the three best players at the end of the game the ceremony was originally enacted as a promotional effort to advertise three-star gas. That's so funny. <laughs> and then they're just like, you know what? Let's just keep it. This is actually kind of fun for our players. Advertising like gas stations. That's that's a new one. Yeah. Hey. Stars could go to either team. I would assume that each team has their three-star players of, like of the game. And I don't like I don't know why would you like if you lose, would you want to still give out three stars? Well, well I don't know. Because I'm like, well, what <laughs> if you have well, what if you like put the three stars for like just the best players of the entire game? Like it could be like you have two from one team and then the other one from one another. Oh, see, I was thinking just the team made their own call, like the coach of the whoever picks his three and then the coach of the other team picks their three like who's picking if it's just <laughs> <laughs> is it obvious is it just who's scoring who's doing the assist like what's happening i don't know maybe we should look more into this i'm gonna look i kind of want to look up there is not a fight club in the nhl you look at that but like let me look up so apparently number 10 is fight club aside from the wwe and the mma fighting is generally condemned across most professional sports for the nhl however fighting is condoned and oftentimes welcome the league even developed its own fighting etiquette when two players tear off their gloves to square off the refs allow the pummeling to continue only until one or both players falls to the ice okay i didn't know that was a thing i didn't know there were fighting rules what i didn't either i just kind of <laughs> thought like they just picked and choose when they're like yeah. okay like, we're, this seems clean we'll just let them fight for a little bit <laughs> Yeah, who knew fighting rules? Uh, so when a fight breaks out, many arenas sound the same bell played at the beginning of a boxing match. At the end of the round, both players are sentenced to the penalty box and 
but not before they are applauded by both the fans and their teammates. Fighting rules. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Like, you can't just let a fight continue until someone starts bleeding or whatever. Yeah, that would be a different kind of brutal. But what if there are, aren't? What if they are already fighting on the ice? They're so bulky, I feel like they fall to the ground pretty easy. Yeah. They just kind of tumble on down. So, do you find anything out about the three stars? Yeah, hang on. I'm just trying to concentrate because I was trying to listen to you and like oh. read this at the same time. <laughs> so, it's it's the three best players out of all who played the yeah. So all of so out of both teams because the third party quote unquote um who chooses them. I don't. Yeah, three best players out of all who played a game in the league on a given night. Usually the top point scorers or the outstanding goaltenders are designated the three best players or stars of the game. But other players may be considered by affecting the game by other means. Consistent physical play, many steals, block shots, etc. So that's kind of cool. Good to know. I would not have guessed that. I guess it's just like a fun statistic. That's cute. Keep it fun. I wonder who got the most three stars last year then. Like, is somebody keeping track of that? Ooh. There's a list. There's a Wikipedia oh. of the list of 2022-23. Three-star awards. Uh, I don't think it tells you who got them the most. And they do it monthly also. Oh, that's fun. We are all night looking at three stars. <laughs> I know. I mean, I've got the list. But also, it's like by week. The 2022-2023 NHL three-star awards are the way the NHL, you know, it's just players of the week and players of the month. So it's by week, not by game. Also, it's usually by the home team's broadcast announcers or one of their the beat writers that mm. choose. Do they tell them as they're like coming off the ice, like, hey, guys, like you, <laughs> you're the star. Like, and when also, do they tell them? if it's by game and not by week, then why are they keeping track of the week? Or are they are they like, OK, well, Sidney Crosby had three three stars this week. So he are he's the three star of the week. You oh, OK, know? I understand. Yeah. Is that how it is? I don't know. We have to, I think this is a deep dive, maybe a blog post. <laughs> I, was like, I, know. I was like, does that contribute to the end? I don't uh, know. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Number 11, which I did kind of hear about, do not touch the cup. Whether it's an omen of bad luck or strictly because only winners are considered worthy, NHL players refuse to lay a finger on the Stanley Cup until they've claimed the championship. While there isn't a clearly defined punishment for engaging in such a rebellious act, no player wants to risk being subjected to um, a curse. I did see a team, I think a team may have done a TikTok about this, where they interviewed their players and asked them if they thought it was superstitious to touch the cup, thinking they may not win it. And some people said no, and some people said yes. I think it's a really big mixed bag. I think it was, I think it, that might have been the, either the NHL or the ESPN um, social, because I do remember seeing something like that too. It's a, bun a bunch of different players from different teams. Mm -hmm. Athletes are just superstitious. Yeah, I, I mean, I've definitely heard that NHL players are one of the most superstitious groups. I don't know why. I don't know the cup. I probably wouldn't touch it. That's just me, though. I'm just a little stitious. <laughs> Not super. <laughs> so another superstition is number 12, tapping the goalie pads. As superstitious as it is customary, players will tap pads of their goalie prior to a game. The respectful gesture is meant to instill goalies with confidence and boost morale. Yeah, I feel like goalies get kind of lonely. I feel that's the least they could do because... I was I was kind of just watching the goalies and yeah I'm like I feel like you'd be so lonely and bored. I'm not totally bored because you got to pay attention, but like yeah. they are just there. Like just, they can't really go anywhere, or they okay. shouldn't. All by themselves. We have number thirteen: sudden death 
overtime. Unlike overtime in numerous other sports where there's a designated period of time for both teams to break the tie before the game is officially declared over, in hockey, both teams play indefinitely until one scores a goal. Hence the name sudden death in a sport where scoring is more rare than common. Overtime in the NHL can prove exhaustingly long. The longest NHL game ever recorded went to six overtimes. This uh, 217 minutes is how long the longest one ever recorded. That's ridiculous. Considering games are technically 60 minutes without the period in between each period, is this that's a lot of time. This can't still be a thing, can it? What do you mean? Like sudden death overtime, like literally just playing until... Are they playing until or are they doing shootouts until? This thing says playing. Yeah, both teams play indefinitely until one scores a goal. Oh. There's no way, because I know there's like... They do, during regular season, the five-minute overtime, and then the shootouts if no one scores. And then during playoffs, which is the craziest thing to me, doing the, like, an extra 20 minutes over and over again until someone scores. That's crazy. I wonder if that's what this is, then. It's not, though, right? That's what I could think of, like, this being referencing at least, like, playoff time overtime. I would hope it would say that, but I don't know. We're just reading. 14, cheering through the national anthem in Chicago. Okay. In 1985, the Chicago Blackhawks were struggling in the conference finals down two games to the Edmonton Oilers. Chicago fans, in a giddy attempt to get their team pumped for Game 3, cheered throughout the entirety of the the Star Spangled Banner. The rowdy applause worked as the Blackhawks went on to win 5-2. Since then, Chicago fans have carried on the somewhat controversial tradition. Someone who's a Blackhawks fan, please tell me now, does this still continue? I have to know. Do you think, well, if we're watching the game tomorrow, do they televise that part? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I would think they do. I know some, sometimes they do, but now I'm like, I don't, I haven't paid attention that hard. Maybe I'll ask my roommate. I know she's been watching Chicago hockey for a long time, so maybe she knows. Hmm. Number 15, line of handshakes. For a game filled with brawls and unruly fan bases, the NHL also demonstrates some of the most exceptional sportsmanship of any professional athletic event. In the playoffs, at the end of a game designed with brutal hits, slams, and jeers, both teams line up and one by one shake each other's hands. This tradition is one of the highest importance in the NHL. It signifies that even with a long-standing history of fights and engaging in boxing-style close combat, um, that the game of hockey always preserves respect and gratitude. Doesn't baseball also do the handshake at the end of the game? Yeah, they do. It's one of my favorites because, like, I I feel like for baseball, like it is what it is. Um, but I have noticed, like, for hockey, uh, when you see them after they they're just like constantly fighting. And just, like, beating the crap out of each other on that ice. Like, afterwards, like, when they're doing the handshakes, they're like, wow, like, you played really well. Like, you were amazing. Like, they're just so nice to each other. (laughs) The handshake feels more important in that sense than it would in baseball since they're not physically throwing hands. It's not. I mean, there can. There's been times, but it's just not as exciting. Yeah. So some of the sources for today's episode include campusports.net, themessenger.com, nhlseattle.com, and nhl.com slash news. And that concludes this episode, I believe. So Ariel, where can the people find you? They can find me on Instagram and TikTok at it's Ariel Garcia, I-T-S-A-R-I-E-L-L-E. And then on Twitter, at Ariel Garcia. And you, Ashley? If you so choose to follow me around the internet, it is at A-E-N-E-W-B-Y 
most everywhere. And then you can give us the podcast a follow at Rink Rookie Pod everywhere. And when I say everywhere, I mean everywhere. If you need us, we are there, I promise. And that is it. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.